peek behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we intend to find it. Welcome back to another Softly Performance Podcast. We have a special guest on, Tony Nash. He is the host of Got Your Six Podcast, along with the Night Before Journal. He is also a active duty Army artillery officer, correct? Am I am I wrong on that, Tony? Yep, that is yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, and we got our co-host Matt as well, bringing you an awesome show today. I'm super excited about this one because of the fact that Tony has decided to dive into the world of ultra endurance, but not in terms of the variables of being outside, but instead of being inside four walls and utilizing Concept Two machines and going for a very long fucking time, brother. <clears throat> I yeah. did a 24 hour bike assault challenge for new year's with two other dudes that okay. was miserable i could only imagine what it feels like or you know how it is with with a, an ultra utilizing a rower the biker and the ski <laughs> oh and i think the run right yeah. too was did you use something like that yeah, yeah. the assault runner yeah, yeah the assault runner <laughs> so dude we're excited to have this podcast open up man and have you on the show dude i'm so excited long time listener you know first time caller let's say uh seriously though i love what you guys do massive fan um doing like those long rows and runs and stuff just for recovery and it's just great because it's you're almost like double dipping i feel like i'm cheating sometimes because i'm just able to pull so much value perfect that's awesome thank you uh, started yeah uh, as as tony is still active duty uh, we just have to drop in a little disclaimer and admittedly this is nowhere near as slick as like the the cadence style that, that tony has in his podcast <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely put a, a link in the show notes to that but obviously any views and opinions tony's expressing during this podcast are, are his personal thoughts uh, and therefore don't necessarily reflect those of the of the u.s army or the wider dod admin stuff done where you awesome. go george check <laughs> I, I like to go ahead and say when Matt came onto the came came into the company and he came onto the team and it was actually a really good fresh of air because the fact of he's a very you know organized you know hey we got to cover these things and you know me being the non commissioned right. officer sergeant I'm just like we just got to go and do the things it's <laughs> so, so it's nice to have the... <laughs> no it's not no we, uh, you, you, you need seriously I mean any you look at any successful relationship personal professional you need that balance right you need somebody who can just go through and like run through walls and the other person's like hey that door next to that wall we could run through is open we should probably go through that you know <laughs> that's a fantastic analogy yeah, i think that oh, kind of sums so pretty well that's so good um, but yeah tony i wonder if you could if you just kick us off just give uh, give a list as a brief insight into into kind of who you are yeah. um like you you're your journey to, to where you are today. If you want to dip into any of the, the army career stuff, please feel free. Um, otherwise, yeah, kind of the, the floor is yeah, yours. Thank you guys. Again, thank you so much for letting me be here today. Um, we can go as far and deep, you know, shallow and wide or, or, you know, as deep as we want to into this story, 30 seconds. So been in the army about 11 years uh, as a commission officer, field artillery. I'm dual military. My wife is also field artillery as well. One of the first like female artillery officers in the history Very of the army. Cool. So that's super cool. Like, you know, again, not a worthy, not like we see each other's rivals, but more of like worthy, uh, worthy rivals, yeah. right? So it's like, how do we continue to make each other better? Um, so that's a cool thing that I have. And I'm very fortunate for, to have in my life. Graduated from West Point uh, undergrad. And then recently back in May, I graduated from Cornell with my master's in regional planning. So like city planning 
and like urban awesome. development. Yeah, congrats. Thank you. That's, yeah, that's that's really interesting. Is that was the, the um oh, there's so many things I want to go to, but was yeah. the the masters thing just while you were talking about it? Was that is that something that you've kind of um, have been interested for a while, or is that kind of something that's, that's sort of relatively recently, like kind of picked at your fancy? It's it's one of those things, right? That's always kind of been in your life. Uh, I'm just you know I'm just a kid from Buffalo, New York, right? So like, hey, that's where being I live. In around, being around that, uh, yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see. This is why. Yeah, it it just gets better. Um, but yeah, being from Buffalo, I just fell in love with the city. Right, growing up in North Buffalo with all the Frank Lloyd Wright House, Delaware Park, Olmstead systems, I just fell in love with that. Fast forward, you know, to my first deployment in Afghanistan. One of the biggest IED um, measures that we put into place was solar lights, right? And I really found that fascinating in terms of understanding a system within a system from an infrastructure standpoint, uh, how we use that deterrent to save lives. Uh, And that's always just kind of, it's just burned to me since then. I'm like, how can I figure out ways and work with other people to really connect things that don't necessarily go together, but need to complement each other, right? Going back, trying to pull this full circle, uh, complement each other to, for the greater good. Yeah, that's so you go, George. No, it's really cool you bring this up just because of the fact, you know, when I look at it being creative or making art, it's not about the like the, the bright, shiny thing that's right there. You actually have to go ahead and start looking a little bit deeper and actually start finding parallels and cross sections where two things actually meet further yep. down you know, the whole, and I think that's been the big part here, you know, that we've been doing here with Softly is that idea of, of understanding these systems are systems and they all operate individually, but they also integrate and are going to go ahead and work very efficiently together. Well, it's not the fact that they're working together efficiently because we have just paired them at the beginning. No, we found intersections where they actually are one, the most simplest way to go ahead and integrate and without causing too much energy being um, wasted. It's actually in, increasing energy because it's found that parallel. And I think with what you're talking about, you know, the solar systems and setting up this idea of systems, it really opens a door to how we look at mental health and how we look at someone from the tactical professional and how they move through uh, uh, these different phases of their career to where they are today, especially someone like you, where you're, you're in that back end of your phase, or you can say you're in the middle of the phase of however you want to look at it, but you're also learning. How uh, this to is teach. my LeBron James, Miami year. Yeah. Correct. hundred percent. Yeah. No, no. But but what I'm saying though is like in that moment now you are now yeah. becoming a leader and teaching those below you how to go ahead and get where you're at in, in a headspace of even experiencing the things that you experienced in the military. No, absolutely. And I think we all agree. Like we want it to be better for everyone else that comes after us, right? We we know we've suffered, and there's yeah, there's crucible moments we need to have throughout our profession, whether it's ranger school or you know wherever we are. Um, you, you need those moments of growth and failure to succeed long-term. But yeah, you want to try to look at those systems and lay those puzzle pieces to look and fit as seamlessly as possible where you're not just trying to like smash things together and say, I think we're good. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to open the door and talk a little bit about this this leadership role that you've really kind of taken outside of the military as well. Like you've really yeah. become a, a voice through a social media platform, I'm not saying an influencer, cause that's not what you look at yourself as, but you look at yourself as this leader who is wanting to put information out for individuals. And one of those things was, um, the night before journal, yeah. right. And that night before journal, it, you know, it was one thing that 
for for us when we talk about you know developing something that can be followed very simple what kind of created the the thought process behind the night before the journal especially being in a military role right you already have all this going on but you were able to shift your your hat and actually become somebody else tony nash you know the author what what, what made that shift and what helped right. create that yeah so the journal is all it is it, um um, it's just like a journal. You can print it out. You can fill it out digitally. Um, but it was out of necessity at the end of the day, right? I couldn't do and focus more because I didn't want to be in between in between a project or working where I had to like stop what I was doing. So the night before journal, keeping it as simple as possible is literally what it is. I plan out my day the night before. So I'm going through. I look at where I failed. I appreciate the failures that I have throughout the day. Um, how I can learn from them what I really want to do within the month tomorrow and then like the week, uh, it kind of, you know, and then also it forces me to be comfortable with white space, um, white space, you know, on the calendar, we talk about all the time in the military, you know, trying to fill everything in, get all those training done. <laughs> and, and it's really forced me to embrace white space, right? Huh. I don't need to be going 24 seven because you look at everybody successful. that has got stuff on their plate. They have breaks in there. Right. But because it's, it's over time, it's a long term, as opposed to just trying to force everything into, you know, 24 hours. Cause I mean, obviously as we'll get into, you need to sleep for eight or as, as close to eight as you can. Yeah. I, I, I was just going to say from kind of looking through and we'll, we'll make sure we have a, a good link to the, to the journal in the show notes for those yeah. guys who are interested. Um, personally, like, to, I mean, I'm surrounded by post-its and diaries and like to-do lists and things have, have always kind of been been huge for me. Um, but since sort of transitioning out of the military back home, where, where largely it was kind of, um, I worked in a, in a rehab clinic. So mm-hmm. it was largely kind of patient to patient to patient and time slots throughout the day. When I first kind of started in this role, I was like a little bit lost in terms of, well, like like you're saying, kind of having those, those white spaces. I'd yeah. be working flat out and then there'd be like a little bit of a lull and George would go nuts because I didn't have anything to do. And, <laughs> um, but, but actually I, I found like that, that kind of natural progression, I guess, into like having maybe rough timelines yeah. and, and, and accepting that sort of ebb and flow of, of workload as, as being like a positive, I guess, rather than, than something that's, that's stressful where I'm, I'm kind of having to be reactive. Is, is that like, what am I trying to get at? Is that something that you you kind of came across organically, or was there was there sort of trial and error of different ways of doing the journal? Yeah, you know, there's extremely trial. I mean, this is a combination of the last three and a half years of trying to put together a journal, find journals, buy journals, and I just couldn't find anything out there that like worked for me in my life that was like super simple. I could just print it out and then I can throw it away or I can save it. Right, I keep it in a little binder and I can go back after a month and be like, okay, here's where I did well, or if I have you know, we'll talk about performance metrics. Here's where, I, okay, there was a lull here. What kind of, how can we kind of peel back the onion, look at the system and what, what, where did we go wrong? Where did we go right? And there's even it's a piece the whole, in there called the mental, go ahead. No, no, it's, it's the whole test and retest, right? Your own, your own Absol- scientist. Absolutely. Aspect. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I essentially use the AAR piece in there at the end of the day, right? To, you know, sustains and improves. Um, and there's a piece in there that's a mental mile which is only 10 minutes a day, looking at like the hardest challenge or task I have, whatever it is, if it's content creation or something personal, wherever, and just filling that in as quickly as possible, as soon as possible, sorry, in the day, done. It's just like when you wake up and work out, right? I'm up every morning. I have a gym at the house, fortunate enough to have that 
go downstairs, get it done. And n- nobody can take that away from you. It's just like going to a school and getting a badge or whatever. Like once you complete it, it's yours forever. Um, and you don't sit on your laurels. Like we don't, we're not here to sit on our laurels, but it's, we're here to use those moments because then we can look behind us in the rearview mirror and be like, I crossed those mountains. Why can't I go cross them? Yeah, that's, that's a really cool way of yeah. looking at it. And, and I, I see, so when I when I was looking through, I was doing a bit of prep before the, the show, I kind of, I, I saw about the um, the mental miles and, and it immediately made me kind of think across to George and like, there doesn't seem to be a day that goes by when he hasn't got some ridiculous like challenge or event or competition that's kind of on the horizon. Normally with like, hardly any time to get ready and yeah yep. <laughs> and it's it's like having having those kind of things i think is is kind of a really cool way like you said of, of i guess gauging and, and judging progress and, and like giving you a reason to get out of bed in the morning yeah absolutely yeah you know the biggest thing i want to talk about here though is is the idea of peak performance right it, it that's ultimately what we're trying to do here is go ahead and optimize the human to be this most efficient person in, in the human, right, in their every day. If you're not sleeping eight hours, if you're not eating properly, if you're not managing your day, you're not setting up, you know, like you have here, you're not setting up the the, the to-do list for the, the day to come up, even if it is a few things. And I take this yeah. from the book from Fuck Your Feelings from Ryan Munson, mm-hmm. who's a really good friend of mine. He talks about moving the chains and he breaks down moving the chains into three plays, right? It takes three plays to get a first down. And he was like, for my day, I go ahead and hit these three main things. If I can get those three main things, then I move the chains. Everything else after that is extra. That there was kind of the door opening me like, okay, cool. What is, so this is, this is a peak performer, someone who is taking control of their time. What do we do when we're in a mission critical team? We actually take advantage of the, the time, right? When there's white space, right? Embrace the white space. What do we do with that white space? We fill it in to do what? To become better at our job. So the idea of embracing the white space, well, what if we just, like you said, I want to get used to white space. I want to recover. I want to wander. I don't want to be so rigorous. And that's the whole idea here is like, hey, look, the reason why we're trying to, you know, embrace the white space or understand that, hey, you get three things done for the day or you hit that mental mile. It allows for you to go into embracing the white space <laughs> with with no regrets and no what ifs and not stressing about, oh, I need to get this done. You actually get to enjoy that white space where you can now focus on yourself. And I think that's the 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 transition that a lot of people don't realize is like that that embracing the white space doesn't mean you just go do the white space no you have to earn your white space right no i i love that i'm going to start adding that at earn your white space um and the, the moving the change i'm completely spot on george and the, the piece of that too is like white space isn't just you sitting on the couch watching sports center like you know in the top 10 plays it's time to think whether you're like, if you're out in front of the you know a formation a team whatever or you're part of a team but you have time to think. That's where things really become interesting, fantastic, and like phenomenal all at the same time because that time to think allows you to be present in the moment but also look to the future and be like, where do I want to go? Because if you're going to just keep being in the moment, how many times have we been on a ruck where you're just looking down at your feet and then you're like, oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where I am. Oh, you shit, know? time like, went away. What happened? Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, life's too short to be just constantly wandering, looking down and just saying, all right, I'll end up wherever I end up. Like, no, like we're not here to do that. There's so many other wonderful, cool things and opportunities we can do. It just takes a a little bit of commitment consistently. 
Yeah, I, I like that idea too. When we go <laughs> like ahead and that. look at white space, when we go and look at white space, and I like the fact that we were kind of talking about this. There was a book that I had Matt read just recently, just so he understood how to like be a little bit more creative. I'm not saying he's not creative because the motherfucker's creative as hell. Oh, yeah. So he's, yeah, like, yeah. we balance off really well. Um, but it was like, hey, I don't want you to burn out. I've been doing this remote job for yeah. a very long time behind the computer working for Softlate. I've had to learn things to allow for myself to continue doing what I'm doing. Like realistically, yeah. I'm an artist at life. Like yeah. not just in, I do it for programs, I do it for Softly, but I also do it podcasts, writing, photography, physical effort, you name it. And it was one of those things where I've had to learn how to manage all of those things to allow for me not to burn out. And this book yeah. called The Creative Leap by Natalie Nixon broke down this Present concept down. of yeah, Natalie Nixon, The Creative it'll, Leap. It'll be in the it show broke, notes. Okay. It'll be in the show notes. But Matt finally read it and finished it, and he hit me up after he got done. He's like, mate, I totally understand what you're talking about when it comes to wander and rigor in this concept of if you have too much wander in your life, you don't create nothing. You're not doing anything, right? If you have too much rigor, you're overloading the system where you now don't have enough energy to create something. How many people can we name on that level who is too rigorous or too wanderous? Right. And, and it's like, hey, Matt, like when he came to the company, I was like, hey, bro, you're very rigorous right now. I need you to pull it back a little bit. Like, this is the long game. And like me trying to explain to him, and I'm like, hey, it's okay to do these things. Like, here, read this book. And it came down to this concept. Again, all we're doing is becoming peak performers behind a computer and behind yeah. podcasts and the things we're writing and talking to people. So when we see people in person, we're actually living that thing. We're not a studio gangster. And I think that's the whole idea here. When I look at your night before journal, all you're doing is setting someone up and teaching them how to own their time yep. and embrace and earn their white space. Absolutely. Right. First off, why that's not Studio Gangster is not in a soft lead shirt yet. Uh, we're going <laughs> to, uh, we know some people to talk to, uh, you know, and it's been great being on the soft lead team for two years because I've been able to learn so much from all, all you guys, you know, everybody. And just because we live the life we talk about, it's not like I'm showing Lamborghinis. And like helicopters with money guns, like it's just I I, I fail, I succeed, and I just live. Um, yeah, and that's that's what peak performance really is, right? Like you're able to celebrate those moments under the spotlight in front of people because you've grinded it out or you've you've put in the work to get there to earn it, and again embrace that white space. Yeah, dude, it's cool. I always I tell a lot of my ultra marathon runners that are getting ready for races, um, celebrate your fitness throughout the race. Yeah. Like, and, and that's a huge thing for me. It's just because I, I've had a change. That's something I had to teach myself going into events, you know, especially going through selections and different schools. It, you don't get to celebrate that fitness. It's a fucking, just, it's just a beat down right. and you're just trying to get through and the pressure on you to graduate that course is so you don't look like a failure in front of your dudes because of this narcissistic, you know, mentality and culture and it's like okay cool it's needed i'm not gonna lie to you I, i'm again i'm at that point to where i agree it's needed we need that at the peak of our of our of our profession when we're actually doing the thing i get it it's needed but there also needs to be some kind of flexibility and some kind of transferability to actually be on the opposite side of that as well and understand when that's needed and not and I think that's the problem when we go ahead and look at it, when we get out of the military, we transition to go different things and we start getting into competitions, you know, we don't get to celebrate the fitness. We don't get to celebrate the journey and that's ultimately it. So again, going back to white space, earn your, <laughs> embrace the white space, earn the white space and celebrate the white space. 
Yeah. No, absolutely. So then when you talk, I want to dive into this. Um, go for I it. Know this is it. not my show, and I'm going to take over for a second. No, let's go for um, it, dude. This is all about how it. How do you have your, your athletes celebrate the have celebrate fitness? So because I have my own way. So I'm just curious. I'm like, in the it, moment, it, again, in the it, event. And that's that's again everyone has their own way to do so, right? We can yeah. go ahead and have conversations and usually it's what it is. It's a conversation about their training and how consistent and how you know resilient they were leading up to this point. Even someone getting ready for selection, you know, hey, what is it that you're doing right now to get you to this point and where were you at six months ago? Look where you're at today and look how it's gonna go ahead and carry you from that because when you get into the race, there's, and I'm only using ultra endurance just because it's such a long duration and even if you're yeah. in a selection, it's such a long duration, it's like, hey, don't look, at which, don't look at what you have to come, look at what you've done. That allows for you to celebrate that fitness, celebrate that journey, meaning like, oh, I've already gone 10 miles, fuck yeah. Oh, I've already gone 40 miles or oh, I've made it two months through selection already, I'm getting ready to have another phase. Uh, so that's kind of the idea, the way to look at it, man, honestly, right? It's like, yeah. look at it in that in that perspective of like, okay, cool, how far have I come to this point to be like, oh, wow, six months ago, I couldn't even run 30 miles a week. Now I, you know, now I'm running 70 miles a week, tapered or 80 miles a week, and you're ready to run this 100K or 100 mile race, and I can crush it, right? That was our thing. Those are things that I look at from that perspective. So um, that's a really good question, man. And I, I don't think I really was able to like kind of find the words for that until yesterday's podcast I listened to. Um, it was from like 2014, a creative podcast. I, I found it on Spotify. Yeah. And the lady goes, she's a she's a big time uh, writer, but she's a she calls herself an entrepreneur okay. author. And and she okay. she talked yeah. about this. She she talked about this idea of look at your prog your progression in Olympic years every four years. So where were you at the last Olympics? Right. I would. Yeah. I right. was in Hawaii. Not, yeah. That was two moves ago, three moves ago. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then look at this year. Now the Olympics in Tokyo, where are you at? Where are you right. at now? I'm, in, I'm in Kansas. You're, yeah, exactly. You have a degree already or you have another right. degree in, in system. What I can't, I don't, what is it? Like, I forgot. It's like business systems or something it's like that. City and regional planning and yeah, city and regional planning and real estate development. Cool. So you got a new degree in that. Yeah. You've moved twice. You've just accomplished. You know. You set up the the night before journal. You've got the podcast going. You've completed the world's first ever ultra ergathon. Like in four years, bro. Right. Four oh, yeah. years. Yeah. Got married I, to my best friend. Like it's nuts. And and to go to your point, Rich, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this, Matt, too. Like in those moments, like whether I was back in Ranger School, to completing like the ultra ergathon. I was literally pinching myself during the events to appreciate the moment where I was like, I was like, holy shit, I'm here. Like I've trained for it. I'm here. I don't want this to go by. And like, I'm just like, oh, I did it. And it's over with like, I want to remember being there, how I felt like my legs were heavy. Um, in this instance, <laughs> I didn't have my mom's spaghetti on my sweater. Uh, that's another story for another time. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's really good to just, I mean, that's, that's what I do. Like literally in the moment, I'll be pitching myself like, I'm here. You're doing it. You talked about it. And now you're actually completing it. Like that's so cool and so powerful. And I don't think we take a time to appreciate that. Yeah. So yeah, man, I'd love yeah. to get your thoughts no, on that. No, right? I, essentially, I was just I was just gonna kind of link back to what we were talking about right at the start, in that um like I, I think in particularly in the in the tactical world, we're 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 always kind of thinking about well, what's next what comes what comes next bit the kind of promotion and the new challenges yeah. but but in terms of the the kind of the moments where you're pinching yourself and you're you're kind of able to, to enjoy those peaks 
it's it's kind of remembering and I guess celebrating as well that those peaks are built on that massive foundation of of, yeah. of kind of not just hard work but being like intelligently planning and working. It, it's built on the on like the previous four, three, four Olympic cycles. Yeah. Just just like our Olympic athletes, you see the you see the hundred meters and the, the podium and the national anthem, but you don't see the 10, 12, 20 years of like out on the track when it's mean weather or kind of being buried by like the the weight training session you know it's it's but i don't i think that that stuff's really important yeah. that kind of the, the the process as well as the outcome um sorry cliche bingo there no, no i i it, you know i i love Dude. it right um and i have my stamper over here just checking off numbers not to worry <laughs> no it, 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 it absolutely is um and sometimes you look at people and you're like i don't even want to know how they got there because I'm not willing to put in that work. And then when you're that person <laughs> doing the work, you can be like, I know how much work I put into this. I believed in myself. And when I invest in myself, I've never lost. Correct. Ever. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Ever. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Where, where did you and, drifting across to the like yeah. the, the ergathon then? Like, where did that idea kind of come about? Like you well, I, I guess first of all, for for those guys who aren't aware um again there'll be links in the show notes to to um like articles and things like that yeah. but can you give us just a quick overview of, of what it entailed and and yeah and then we'll, we'll kind of chat about like how you got there yeah we'll, we'll do what it, what it like you said I'll, I'll kind of break it down what it was we'll peel back i mean forward yeah, story yeah. the whole nine um so it was a half marathon on the ski erg right into a half marathon or full marathon sorry half marathon on the ski erg full marathon on the uh, bike half marathon on the rower and then a half marathon on the assault rower. That was it. Right? And it was consistent. Was like, it. <laughs> um, what's the, what's the meters on the half marathon for the skier? So half, you break the meters down. So it, it, I went, I rounded up. So I was 21, I think no, 198. It's like 197 and a half. I went to 198. Okay. And so then 40, 4,200 <laughs> meters or whatever it is on the, uh, the biker. Cool. Wow. Wow. Oh. Nice, yeah. dude. So that sounds like a fun about, one. Uh, yeah, it was something. It was great. No, it was good. Uh, um, I were also like do stuff. I also work with like ten thousand as like one of their athletes. Uh, it's a men's premium clothing company, and this year they really focused on feats of strength, so like these really audacious, obscure things that people are doing. Like the person a month before me, Robbie Ballinger, who's an absolute stud, uh, ran around Central Park. He only had from the time it opened to the time it closed. He was trying to break the world record in loops. I didn't know that was a thing. It is. Uh, wow. He ended up doing 100 miles running around Central Park from like 6 a.m. to like 1 a.m. when in a day. Nice. Wow. Or not even a day, like 19 hours. Yeah. That's no, nuts. 19 hours. So then I was like, oh, man, I got big shoes to fill. So Concept 2 back in 2019 came out with the Ergathlon, which was skier for 10K, rower for – sorry. Okay, biker for 20K, rower for 10K, and that was it. So I saw that and I was like, there's something interesting here. How can we? I was, so I was talking to 10,000. They're like, hey, we want you to be one of the. Like, we're kind of thinking, I was like, yes, the Ergathlon, let's do it. They're like, all right, we're going to make it, you know, half marathon, marathon, half marathon. I was like, okay, but there's more. There is more. And I looked, I was like, I already had, I was fortunate enough to like, I've been building this garage gym for like, you know, the last seven years. So I already had all these pieces of equipment, 
including an assault runner, like the self-powered treadmill. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, let's do a half marathon on that to suck. Um, <laughs> but we're going to do it at the end because I know it's going to just be absolutely miserable. Um, and I want to earn this if I'm going to go out there and do it. So that's what I did. So we, we set it all up. We're going to do it in my garage. They're like, hey, let's do it in uh, Red Hook in Brooklyn. I was like, awesome. Um, so we went out there and did it. Uh, and I say we, because it wasn't just like, uh, yes, I performed the event, but like my wife was there for support. Um, she was make she made sure I ate. Otherwise I was just going to go on like will alone. And I don't know if I had enough that day to really push through, but we didn't have to, we didn't have to cross that bridge. Um, so we did, I went up, did it. And there was, we rested about five minutes in between five to 10 minutes in between each event. Uh, there was times where I'd be like running with like a, a hypervice, hypervice, like, you know, gutting my legs, trying to like just open them up on the assault runner. Um, it took just under 10 hours. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So it came out nine, I think it was like nine forty nine, nine fifty one, somewhere in there. Yeah. And yeah. did you have like, what, uh, again, so many questions. Yeah. Let me, let me back up. What was, what was like the, the kind of the, the prep like, did you have an idea of, of like how long it might take and then work back from that? Or was it just, how much volume can I get in? Like, how, yeah. how did you approach it? So the other piece is why this was so like uh, alluring to me is I never considered myself an endurance athlete ever. Uh, I would do the two mile, five mile, if we had to do it for special events um, and just, you know, go and do it. And then I thought, you know, why not? And I've always kind of used why not uh, in my life because one, you know, with dyslexia and stuff like that, two, I remember in high school when I had um, my football coach approach me, I was like, hey, you have a shot at going to West Point. I know people are rolling their eyes. Oh my goodness, it's a West Point story. Um, he was like, I was like, I'm, I'm a kid that goes to a school. I go to, you know, I'm a kid who goes to school in the hood. Like, I don't think they want me. And he's like, don't self-select. And I was like, holy shit, that's powerful, right? Because again, it goes back to investing in yourself. So I've always just kind of why not is like when things come up and then I, like I say, I so to do the training piece of it, like to get to your question, it was, yeah, I tried, I broke it down. I was like, these are, these are splits that I'm comfortable with or I, not comfortable with at the time when I started it, but I, I want, I feel like I can maintain that's fast enough um, where it doesn't look like I'm just kind of like surviving, but I'm kind of like thriving in the moment of doing this event. Yeah. And, and like, we, was that training obviously We've kind of come through COVID and things. Was that training like by yourself in your garage, or is that yeah. did you have like a crew around you? Or? No, so I it was by myself in the garage. Um, and oh, I also forgot to mention we had a month to do this, right? <laughs> so, right, George, you know, you know, me, I was gonna me, say me, that sounds like a classic George story. <laughs> me, me and George go way back, so yeah, it's yeah, that's how we just live our life. Um, and that's what I would do, right? So I would train in the morning, just do my normal workouts, and then after school. I would go and train for like an hour, hour and a half. And then on the weekends, I would go three to six hours, right? Working up to about 15K on the weekends. Um, and then we just kind of tapered that last week to get to the event. So yeah, I mean, like the training wasn't, and I'll make sure you guys, I'll send it to you guys. Um, it, it was something, right? Because we we're, we were doing kind of like high, high level, like CrossFit training. Um, and then, but my body was in a state already of kind of being ready to like, you know, burn through this. And like, one of the questions I always get was like, all right, well, how long did I crush you for? We did this Saturday, Sunday, I walked around New York with my wife. My sister lives out there. My mom came out to support me for this one. It was super cool. Um, nice. we, so we were, we, I was able to walk around, no issues. 
Monday we flew. I was back in the gym Tuesday morning wow. at the house. Talk about like robustness in, yeah. in terms of like. I was shocked. But yeah. I, and then at the same time, I wasn't because like, you know, like you go there and you're like, all right, I did this. We're still, we're still moving forward. This was, this is a win. We got more wins to continue to celebrate and go yeah. after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of like yeah. your, your step, I guess. Well, it's, it's the whole saying, right? Like it, the whole Nobel prize saying, it's like, once you get a Nobel prize, it's the grave of all good work or it's, it's yeah. the death of all good work. Um, it's kind of the truth here. It's like, all right, sweet bro. You did an, er- you did, you did an ultra ergathon. Awesome. <laughs> like literally that's literally the way like for you it's a win but realistically like you get a bunch of you get a bunch of recognition for a little bit but then after that it's just like yeah cool man sweet right like you just become another human who has just done something really cool um and and, and that's not something to be taken lightly it's just one of those things where in our position when we do stuff like that in a five week workup or like a, a you know eight week workup or whatever else and you do get these small wins it's the idea of look i'm not going in there to overtrain i'm not going in there to like crush myself i'm going in there to complete this thing so i can still go ahead and live my life afterwards is ultimately the idea behind that and and I guess you can say the preparation is what helps you with that. And that's something we're talking about a lot of times is like, you know, we gauge what is your recovery like after specific events? That's the gauge that lets me know. It's like for you, you know, obviously you did in 10 hours, you were walking around the next day, you were, you were feeling your legs super heavy. You had to do specific things. You, they're probably the longest you've ever moved for, you know, um, yeah. For you to get out there and just walk every day, like that just goes to show it's like, okay, cool. Like, you handle business in the way that you know you needed to to continue moving forward without it slowing your progress down outside of just that because that's not the only thing you were counting on in your life. Absolutely. And you guys, again, like I said, I'm a huge fan. So this is then you guys know very well, like pushing that wall, right? You can't, if you touch the wall, you're dead. You've given 100%. There's no more to give. But you want to move the wall, right? Because you want to see how far you can absolutely push it to understand human performance and potential. And that's all it was, right? Like you'll see if you watch a video or anything of the Athlon had headphones in. I didn't listen to a single lyric of music. It was entire time. Oh, that was right? my next question. Okay, so, it was what? Yeah, yeah. It was it was what? It was audiobooks was, the entire yeah. time. Oh wow! Yeah, nice. because one, I can get lost in a good story, and then I had a specific book picked out for um, for the runner because I knew it was going to suck. Uh, there's a book called How. Bad Do You Want It by Matt Fitzgerald, who profiles yeah. like Olympians. I'm sure most some people have read it. If you haven't, definitely pick it up. It's a short read. Maybe in the show notes. Um, and it talks about Olympi- Olympians, ultra endurance athletes, people doing the Tour de, France, Tour, de, Tour de France, like competing and like having to push through and push that wall forward. And I was listening to it live while I was pushing my wall. And there was just something so cool about that where I was like, oh, all right, I'm not the only one who's experiences and I'm hearing how other people have battled this out. For, this is kind of a question for both of you, I guess. And it's coming from someone who, if I have to go more than 60, 80 meters, max effort, it's a bad day. Um, like what? what's the kind of the, like the psychology and, and kind of mentality with, with like prepping and, and completing that? Like in terms of, like I imagine your mind must wander and you must have like kind of peaks and troughs and things like that. Did you, did you have any kind of game plans for like when it sucked, you would think about, and I'm thinking more the training than the than kind of the event itself. Like, do you have any game plans of like when it sucks, I will think about A, B and C. Did you have kind of like, 
like a list of reasons why you were doing it? Like, what was your what was your kind of your, your approach to that like? George, do you want to go first? Um, yeah, I guess I guess the way I would answer that is like, what were my in, internal and external motivations to kind of keep my purpose and passion <laughs> lit as I move through such a extreme event? It, Honestly, man, when it comes down to endurance, there was a, it's the idea of endurement, right? Understanding what endurement and, and understanding that, Hey, like that's just part of life. And you know, some people choose their own suffering and some don't. And I guess with endurance, when you go ahead and get into these events where you're moving for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 to 20 plus hours, sometimes 48 plus hours at a time, um, something happens to you from a biological standpoint and a neurological, um, response and 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 that's just me kind of bringing that out to light because when it comes to peak performance and getting into endurance yeah is the external motivations of you know my wife's here feeding me i have my parents here watching me oh wow i spent this much money to fly out to run this event i need to do those things yeah those things do come into play but those are not the first things that a lot of people at least for myself uh, attached to. I try and attach to objects that are going to go ahead and keep that neurological and biological loop moving forward to feel my purpose and passion. And what does that look like? Well, it's going to go ahead and look like what is my grit? What is my willpower? What is my motivation? What are my behaviors looking like that all line up to that purpose and passion? That has got me either into this moment of training in that time. So for example, you know, if I'm training for a hundred mile race, I know that in my peak block, I'm going to be hitting anywhere between 70 to 90 miles with, depending on the elevation of the race, it vary that going into those like second day runs after running 25 miles the day prior and having to run another 25 miles the next day with 4k and climbing. A lot of it just is getting to the, getting to the training day and just taking that next step and literally just working through it and, and finding something internally being like, no, why am I here? right? Because it's usually just starting to question yourself. And you start asking those questions. And it ultimately starts to become a dialogue between you and yourself. And I guess that's something I've learned. And I, I don't know if I said this on I said this on a podcast that I did last week or something like that. Um, I had a master guns come up to me and he was like, Hey, Brionis, come here. And I think I've said this on the podcast before. But he asked me like what I did when I was under a ruck and moving for a duration of time. And my fucking gun ho self was like, I turn off and I just go completely blind. And I just just pushed through and he's like that's why you're jv not varsity and i was like holy cow he's like because if you're a varsity you would be aware of what your body is doing how do you keep yourself moving forward at a specific pace with a purpose and i never really understood that into that moment until i actually really got into ultra endurance was this idea of moving with a purpose. It doesn't mean that I have to run the whole time, but if I can have that idea and that mentality of moving with a purpose, it allows for me to continue moving at a, at a pace that's sustainable and it's gonna get me to the to the marker that I need. And I guess that's kind of my answer to that. I'm, I'm excited to hear what Tony has to say, You know, especially you doing your first 10 hour long event. First off, I botched the answer. I should have probably gone first because George said it beautifully. Um, <laughs> So that's on me. I'll, I'll own that. Uh, I go off of the great philosopher, Dom uh, Torino, you know, from the Fast and the Furious movies, who lives his life a quarter <laughs> mile at a time. Um, and that's really, that's what it comes down to. Like, what, everything you said, I 100% agree with and believe, and that's how I did it. But what do I say? Like, like what goes on? What's the self? Uh, uh, you know, if the word quit comes up, it's only to ask myself to say, like, hey, let's quit in 400 meters. Let's revisit where we're at in 400 meters. 
and it's wild to see where physiologically, mentally, behaviorally, where I am in another 400 meters. I mean, when we talked earlier about, you know, the Olympics, right? And looking at a four-year Olympic span, within 400 meters, uh, uh, life is drastically different. Um, so I always quit in the future, right? And that's kind of, that's where I say, and that's kind of what, because it's all those things that George talked about, right? It, it, yeah, you put layers on top of it. The parents, wife, you know, you, you went out and said that you were going to do this thing. Um, so you have like some pride in there. And then you also like belief in yourself, but it really, there's a core value. I want to get better. And I want to learn about myself and who I truly am. Mm. That, and that's, I, that's the, that, that's like the core value underneath all the layers, right? Like I want to get better. I'm not as good as I want to be. I'm going to show up to be better than I was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's sweet. And is that like, this is kind of a loaded question, I guess, but has that sort of taking that mentality and that kind of approach, has that filtered across to like other areas in life, like in terms of your, your professional life and academia and things like that? Is that like an approach you, you can see in those, in those sectors? Absolutely. Right. Because it's, it's, it's the same thing, right? Personally, professionally, like I want to be a better husband. What does that look like? Why do I want to be a better husband? Well, I want to form deeper relationships with my wife. Um, why do I want to go to grad school to learn this thing that really has nothing to do with what I'm doing in the army? Uh, because I want to learn and become better and apply these somewhere else because I haven't found anybody who has, and I'm sure they're out there. Um, and if you are and you've studied regional planning, please hit me up. With you. Uh, you know, it, it's all those things, right? About I want to get better. I want, I'm here for a purpose because to, to go real deep, real quick, like we've seen what happens when you don't have a purpose and yeah. whole with really no way out. Um, I came to school. I went to school in the hood when I was 16 years old, coming from one of the most prestigious high schools in the city of Buffalo because my, my dad committed suicide. Right. Like I, I was in this place where I was fighting. I wasn't a good student. I, I sucked. I was a dick. Um, I wasn't a good person. Right. But I, I changed my environment and I just owned what I was doing. And people started to believe in me because I believed in myself and it's like, holy shit. And it goes to mental health too. Like you want to help other people get, get out of those tough times. They, at first it starts with them, George, I know I want, you know, you can dive into this, but it starts with that person, but you can help yeah. shape the environment a little bit to get them to believe in themselves and stack those wins. And it just, it's wild what will happen because you'll be going down a path and you're like, I, I know this isn't the right one, but like, I'm here, I'm comfortable, fuck it. Um, and then you arrive and you're like, why am I going down this path? And you're like, well, maybe I should go the other way. And it, when yeah. you start going that other way and you start finding purpose and content creating and doing other things and giving it back to people, it's like, holy shit. Why was I down that path to begin with at all? Yeah. It, one thing I do want to go, go ahead and kind of hit on, you said it perfectly, was when you actually were in, were in the event, right? Like your wife was feeding you. If she wasn't there, you wouldn't have made it through. Like you don't know if your own willpower would have gotten you to the finish without that. Something I've learned from running ultra endurance uh, races and just working in that realm is you get to go do a lot of work in a, uh, in a very uh, alone time space, right? Like, you know, yeah. and then all of a sudden you come back to aid stations and then you're now with a group of people. And the, the saying is like, you need as much as solitude you need, you also need companionship. Um, 
to help you go ahead and succeed and actually line up those passions and those purposes and what you need to do. And I think that's the biggest thing here, which kind of leads me into this next topic and, and kind of talking about your podcast, right? This is kind of segueing the full circle of like, okay, cool. We're talking about mental health. You've coming from a background where you knew you were a little shithead. I think we all were, we were, we've all had to like grow through ourselves and it's putting you into this position where you're like, all right, the only person's going to help me is me, but I also can do that with having support from others around me. But it's in, it's my choice to have that support because I think we do a really good job of isolating ourselves and pushing people away, but we do a horrible job of isolating ourselves and pulling people to us. So, it, yeah. No, no, I mean, like the one of the hardest things is to ask for help, right? To be able to recognize, like, I... I can't take this on myself, whether it's, you know, moving a couch um, or, or, you know, moving yourself out of a, a rut, right? And I know those two, they're opposite ends of the spectrum. And yeah, that's, that's, that's why I'm doing the podcast is, is to create, it's, it's quick, right? We're looking at 20 minutes, asking high performers that are in the military, military, right? To like, how have you performed? How have you failed? And how are you continuing to evolve? And it's threefold, right? For active duty, reservist, whatever. If you're in this service at this time, first off, thank you for your service. I mean that genuinely. Um, but it's to show like you, you need to create your own identity because someday the army is going to continue to roll along and your boots are going to get hung up, right? And you don't want that day to come where you, you're left with nothing and you're just kind of stuck there. So now is the time to start acting, like figuring out like, what do you like? What do you want? What, what gives you purpose? Two is to show people that have transitioned that there is purpose to create and they have these great values, not only to fall back in whatever, wherever they want to go and do with it. And then three, it's to connect the civil military relationship to show like, Hey, we're all people at the end of the day. Like we're all humans. Yeah. Um, it, we can all do really cool and interesting things, but if you're not helping other people out, what the fuck are you doing? What, what's been yeah. like the biggest kind of like, aha moment knowledge bomb drop from from someone you've spoken to has, has there been any like one thing you just has kind of like been a paradigm shift i could pick out a different thing from each of the 15 episodes we've done already no i mean that genuinely because yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. every time i talk even this conversation that we've had like i i've i've already kind of drastically thought about approaching things differently uh or at least kind of like looking to experiment a little bit because i know i'm not doing it perfectly like but i'm trying we're I'm trying to get as many different people from different backgrounds, um, you know, Navy SEALs, enlist, everybody across the board because everybody can identify with another person somehow. I mean, what do you, what's the first thing you do when you go to a party, right? You try to talk about profession, place they're from, sports teams, right? There's more to that. And I try to practice that when I go to meet people. I don't ask those three things. If they come up, awesome. But I try to find things to talk about so we have like deeper connections that are a little bit more genuine obviously you know being from you being from buffalo i want to just hug you through the through the camera um but you know like there, there's so many different ways we can connect outside of just like what our identity is in a person i really give a shit about who you are as a person as opposed to like what your job is where you're from like that all makes who you are but i want to know who you are mm. yeah. and in like so this is kind of jumping across again so in your um putting your artillery officer hat on yeah like how much of an opportunity do you get to practice this kind of stuff either with um, like young JOs coming through or I, I don't know how much kind of mentoring opportunities you, you get in your current role. 
Yeah. But is, is this something you, you get a chance to to kind of put into into practice, so to speak? So if when I was a comp, when I was a battery commander a few years ago, yes, to answer the question. Okay. Um, but it you don't need to just be in a leadership role to assist and provide mentorship to others, as well as ask others for mentorship. Um, but when I was a, like a battery commander, and I know people are like, oh my goodness, another war story, back at Bragg, you know, kind of thing. Um, I, I had a writing program with my lieutenants that we, from the time I came in to the time I finished, we were going to work on specific like professional related articles. The goal was to get them all published. They all published by the time I left as a commander in some artillery journal or wherever. Um, because one of the coolest things I've kind of come across is writing less to make more sense. And it's, there's a, there's a saying and everybody takes credit for it. So I'm not going to take credit for it, but we'll just say anonymous. I would have written you a shorter letter if I had more time, right? That's so powerful yeah. to really just down to what you're trying to get across what that message is. Like I've found the most used key on my keyboard is the delete key. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So That's, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's really interesting. You, you kind of bring it up from a from a, a like a writing perspective, from like a, a coaching kind of quotation from coaching journey, if you like. Yeah, I found that like as I've as I've become, I think a better, a more proficient coach, I tend to intervene less. Um, I, I provide kind of less direction and and allow more like um, I guess allow allow the athlete, the individual to play and discover and kind of make errors like knowing that that's okay so it's really interesting that 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 also runs across into into literature and into it makes a lot of sense to me absolutely and then george go ahead no i'm just saying that it goes idea that tyler tyler hemingway said this killing your darlings don't be afraid to kill your yep. darlings um and that's just like in literature you know when you write you have specific things in that there that you think are the hotness and it just doesn't go with your writing kill your darlings, get rid of it. Like it's going to save you down the yep. road. So it's the idea here with, with, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you might have all of these sweet points of performance to give an athlete, but at the end of the day, only two are actually the most powerful compared to five. Right. A absolutely. And Matt, what you said about plays, I, something that goes greatly underappreciated, but needs to be more overvalued, right? If you, we talk, um, I'm sure people are familiar if they're not, there's a spaghetti marshmallow test, right? So they took lawyers, CEOs, and kindergartners, and they said, make this thing as tall as possible. You have five minutes, let's go. So the CEOs got together, they like talked for a bunch, um, and then they had like 30 seconds to put something together. Same thing with the lawyers, they approached a little bit differently, but had the same result. The kindergartners though, allowed themselves to play. They didn't form some sort of hierarchy where they voted on who was the leader and who was gonna present this. Nobody gave a, nobody gave a shit about that. Um, it was about just playing and iterating and trying. And when you do that, it just makes things, you're, you're not, you're not like, you know, putting those blinders on and just focusing on one thing in front of you, but you're opening up to a whole bunch of different things. Because to your point, George, like maybe the tactile cue is like, Hey, you might need to keep your, your chest up a little bit. And people have heard that before, but for whatever moment, for whatever reason, in that instant, it allows them to get five more pounds on whatever lift or wherever they're trying to go. Yeah. And they've just kind of broken away and they're, they're having fun with it. Yeah. I think that's, that's the white space to, to me. That's kind of my interpretation of, of, of honoring the white space 
as you were talking about at the start and and like to use george's language that's the that's the kind of the wonder yeah aspect yeah. of things yeah it's funny too because like i go ahead and break it down and i read in a book it's called uh, the art of impossible it's by stephen Coltner, and he talks a little about you know hey the impossible isn't really um, impossible. There's always a formula to it. You know, when you see these big wave safe surfers do such things, when we go in and watch dudes walk five miles underwater, taking their breath, right? You watch someone do a, a an ultra ergathon like yourself, someone who runs an ultra marathon, you know, in some people's eyes, that's impossible. But in, in, in our reality, it wasn't impossible because we just created the formula to in which gave us the, the the possibility of doing something. And a lot of that came down to this understanding of two categories of motivation, controlled motivation and autonomy and autonomy motive autonomous motivation. Meaning that, hey, the controlled motivations are things that you have to do to be successful in this event, right? Hey, you have to spend three to five to six hours working through transitions, knowing what it feels like to go from the skier, biker to the rower to the to the aerosol runner. You need to know what it feels like when you're three miles in or you've been working so many breath holds and you know that you're you're your safe breath hold so you don't redline for whatever else is gonna be this that all comes from again this idea of like that's controlled motivation that's controlled training and then we go ahead and look at this autonomy motivation this autonomy training perspective it's where okay cool i'm gonna go ahead and play around i might do some crossfit style stuff that kind of makes me feel good because that's i know that works for you for me i like to go in the gym and do some strongman strength work and like power snatch snatch clean and jerk because that gives me the things that i love to do and it fuels my passion which then creates this balance of wander rigor controlled versus autonomous motivation it goes all the way to internal external motivations and it helps you just kind of line everything up to again finding that purpose and and I'm super happy that we're talking about these things on this podcast, especially with you, Tony, just because of the mental health aspect and what you're pulling out of your podcast with Got Your Six. It's like, look, I'm not trying to just do a normal podcast. I'm trying to pull these quick snippets and these quick valuable points in a very less manner to give to something, right? So someone can take it, put it in their pocket and move it. And some people might not have it. Some people can't control it, don't know how to handle it. Some people might take it and just run with it. Um, so it's really cool to see see what you're doing with that podcast. You know, my question for you is is this is when you started the podcast, right? Did you have this idea of like wanting it to be the whole the less input the better and more from people or was it more of like hey, I'm just going to do this podcast and see what comes of it? Like was there a structure or did you like have to mold it? It's it's been moldable the entire time the same i asked the same six questions in the podcast one because that's kind of tongue-in-cheek because then i can be like oh got your six not only do we have your back but we're only gonna ask six questions um and but it, it it continues to evolve right every episode i'm learning something different so like when you listen to episode one versus right now we just released episode 15 this week like they're they're similar because it i want it to be a conversation because just like the two of you, I want to share somebody else's story because we in the military veterans don't really appreciate what we've done sometimes. Yeah. And all those lessons learned and you don't want those to be lost, right? Because like going back to the beginning, we want the, we want it to be better for other people that are going to come after us. We want people to be able to succeed faster and not only and faster is relative. It doesn't mean quicker, but you know, they're able to go through a progression and have those experiences because yeah, you are going to fail at certain points, but that was the whole point of it to have a conversation where it sounds like you're, 
you're, you've jumped into a bar conversation. You're just listening to people go back and forth. And really, it's just one person talking. And I just try my best really quick to reel out and get that person as comfortable as possible in that, you know, 20, 30 minute time frame. Um, and some really cool magic happens. I mean, I've seen it and listened to it on this podcast where you guys, we, we, you wanted to go one different direction. And all of a sudden you pull out something, you're like, holy, how did we get here? But this is amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, often I think it's the stuff that comes out organically is, is kind of the, like you said, the magic. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, absolutely. The, the reason why I bring that up is just because of the fact that, you know, with your background with West Point and your background being an officer, you have a lot of organization and, and administration uh, skills that come with it. And, and it's kind of one of those things where no matter how many tools you have in your toolbox, you just have to do, right? You said it perfectly. You're like, look, my first podcast with the Gotcha Six compared to my 15th one is completely different. And again, that podcast I listened to yesterday, again, it was like eight years old, you know, that was yeah. the cool part. She was like, you know, the author was speaking about, you know, this idea of doing, and a lot of us don't ever do so much. We think way too much, right? So it goes into this idea of, again, the white space. Well, if you have these ideas of being creative, use that white space to do so. Use that white space now to do the things that you love doing, meaning giving yourself that autonomy, giving yourself that ability to have not just one episode, but have 15 episodes or having one book. Now you have four books because you decided to do that. And when we go ahead and take it from, like you said, living a quarter mile at a time all the way to living four years at a time, there's still something there that you have accomplished and it's all by your own choice. Right. No, that, I don't know how you do it. Like how you just go right. You, you always, both of you, just right to the point, just gold every single time. I, I love it. I, I can't, I'm watching it in real life. It's like one of those, like a magician. Like, oh, I'm blown it away. <laughs> My head's going to be so big. Yeah. Get out of the room. <laughs> no, see, it, I just, it, uh... it, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, I sometimes think I'm just, I, can people understand what I'm saying? Because I just start going and it's just, I'm just slowly communicating and I'm just like listening to what my mind has to say and, and sharing it. It's just the way my brain works, man. It's just, it's just like, okay, cool. I need to get what's valuable out and that's it. Because again, I come from the background, just like you, Tony, of having dyslexia. I was like, you say I can even pronounce it properly. Yeah. I have that problem. So like yeah. I've had to learn to like really slow down and be aware of what is it about to come out and what is it about to happen. And, and again, you know, what's helped me do that is not, is doing the 74 podcast plus every other podcast, plus all the writings, plus all the conversations. It goes reps. back to the idea of just doing a hundred percent reps, practice and play. Yeah. The podcast came to me while I was working out in the morning. I just like, I had an idea. I don't know why I wrote it down. And then I had another idea in between sets and it just became this thing that I became infatuated with. So from December to April, I produced zero podcasts. I didn't have a podcast at the time, but I was planning slowly and surely trying different things out. What kind of microphone do I need to have? Who should I be reaching out to first? Um, who are the people that I really want on the podcast that I have at this point? have no business talking to, but I will soon enough. Right. And like, why, why is there that gap? And like, you're, you're again, it's, it's that play, right. Where you're just trying different things and iterating over time and just seeing what happens. It's just so cool when you do it because every time I get flustered or I feel with like some sort of anxiety or I'm just like, like kind of down on myself, I always, like, I even tell my wife, I said, tell me, ask me if I'm doing. And when I say that and I, it's either audible or I say it internally, like the answer is always no, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. 
other than worry. I'm not taking action in a direction. And even if I go fail and it's glorious and it's fantastically just terrible, I tried. Yeah. And there's something I'm going to pull out of that that I'll, I'll use later on in life. Yeah, as you kind of yeah. say, so many actionables kind of come out of that, uh, right. out of those kind of situations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. no, that's that's so really one, cool, man. I, sorry, it's really cool. Oh, you're good. Go for it. Oh, no, I, run with I it? was just going <laughs> to, yeah, you go, you go. No, I was just going to go ahead and throw out was it, it's just really cool that you're able to be able to have that flexibility and and be able to move from different mental positions to be able to see things and have the 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 awareness. And I think it's something we're talking about in the conscious warrior framework and system that we're developing is that everyone's so caught up on this idea that consciousness is a thinking awareness, but it's really a feeling awareness, meaning, hey, when I feel sad, when I feel this way, you recognize it's because I'm not doing Right. And it's and, and what if you are doing, but it's a negative way of doing and you have someone like your wife to call you out to where she holds the mirror up and be like, yeah, you're correct, because that's that's ultimately what it is. Right. Full transparency and yeah. going back to the whole creative leap book that we talked about. I'm telling you, it needs to be read. It's a very short read, but there's a lot of golden nuggets in there that talks about full transparency for yourself, meaning how transparent am I with myself? Because if I'm not fully transparent with myself, how can I be transparent with you, Tony, and transparent with Matt at the same time? And then how does that affect your environment around you? Yeah. No, and that's, that's I mean, that's part of what's in the night before journal too, right? Like there's a part, we, writing it down on paper, right? Real quick, we'll just do a quick segue. Like Go for it. trust yeah. builds communication, communication. Who do you talk to the most? Yourself. So if you're writing something down on paper, you're going to hold yourself accountable. And if you don't, you're going to figure out why you didn't. And it forces you exactly into that, right? Going out there and just doing and being conscious of what's going on and just yeah, taking action. And it's not, and there is sacrifice, right? It's not like everything is just great and you're on the gravy train for life. Like <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't drink as much as I used to. Not that I stopped drinking or anything like, but like, I'll still go out and have fun, time, fun with friends and whatever. But like, I know, like, I, I don't want to go and just, you know, drink a ton to then come back and be like, oh, I can't work out the next day. Well, then if I can't work out the next day, I can't create. Or I can't show up for other things that I want to do because there's other things I want in life. I'm still going to have fun, right? Um, but I'm going to sacrifice things that maybe at one point in my life I really wanted to do that just no longer hold any real value to me. It's that, that time with people is extremely valuable. Other parts of that, you know, it's, I just don't have a need for anymore. Mm. I guess yeah. like understanding kind of maybe consequences is the wrong way of looking at it, but but understanding how how things like that, how those ripples might go. And it, it yeah. might be that actually on risk-reward balance, I don't mind or I will accept if I go out tonight because I'm seeing friends I haven't seen for years and it gets a bit leery and I'm not able to train tomorrow. Maybe that's okay. But like understanding that, um, yeah, I, I guess kind of where your decisions might might lead you. Yeah, um, I, I think that kind of comes back to that transparency. That, absolutely, right. And it's, you're, yeah. you're having that conversation with yourself, not internally, but also you're writing it down and you're seeing it in paper. Like I know there's a chair downstairs in our living room. If I sit in when I wake up in the morning, I'm not working out because I just get sucked into that and I play on my phone and I just kind of like see what's going on and like Twitter or whatever, like. I deliberately avoid that path because I know what what's down there. Everybody has their own ways of looking at like how they control. I know 
for whatever reason, that's just a black hole for me that I do my best to avoid. So I've set other, you know, performance measures in place. My clothes are out. I've invested in myself the night before. I already have my pro in the shaker, not full of water, uh, ready to go at the gym because then my shoes are out. I don't have to look for anything because I don't want to find an excuse to tell myself because I'm the best, best negotiator when it comes to self-talk internally. Like I could talk myself out of anything. I can also talk myself into a lot of and like everything, anything. So it's that wild, like trying to, you know, like we said, that balance, right? How you set that environment really dictates the performance you, you know, you end up achieving. Yeah. Dude, that's cool. That's good. Uh, what's like, obviously you're, you kind of definitely strike me as someone who's not going to just go and sit in that chair for the next Olympic cycle, the next four years. What have you got like on the horizon? Have you got any other ideas or like, the kind of the genesis of ideas? Have you got anything else kind of kicking around that you'd like to achieve next? There's there's a ton of different stuff, right? Like I want to continue to, just like you guys, um, grow the podcast. I want to do more with Softly because I, I see what, what the team, the, these last two years I've been on the team has just been so incredibly powerful and impactful because you surround yourself with other people that want to go make change and better themselves. You're going to also want to do that. But it's not a group of like, you know, George has to get his, Matt has to get his, Tony has to get his. We're all working together to build each other up, right? So looking for those opportunities. Um, and you never know what's going to come in and be like, you know what, that, that's a really great idea. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's we'll a, see a what the next cycle. What's that? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say a completely wide open, like white space then. Yeah. It, like, so, yeah, yeah, I, I guess I'm not limiting it. yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I I'm I'm really fascinated right now just by the fact of that you know and I don't know how many people do this but it's something you pointed out was the fact that you started you came up with the podcast idea through a physical effort through working out through doing something some of my best programs some of the best writing some of the best ideas that I've had have been moving for hours or in a pool for 60 minutes and just swimming back and forth and looking at the white floor of death and just becoming very memorized uh, by that. And it's just sent me into this idea. And I didn't talk about it because we, we kind of went through it. But the idea of daydreaming, how many people do daydream these these days? And when I say daydream, really be able to sit there and just stare at a wall and 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 block out time for that like that white space the daydream is actually super healthy for us to allow for us to go ahead and be creative and develop art and do those things and again am i sitting here and everyone should become an author everyone should become a print uh, an artist who paints and takes photography no i'm not saying that but we're into we are humans who are meant to create and develop art in our own way and we just need to find that and i, I think what this podcast from a whole has done is just taking you, Tony, and your, your progression and over the years to where it's like, yeah, I've done these things. Now I'm in this position of wanting to create energy to share this energy with others so that they can go ahead and get on the path in which I am. Because I do understand life's a fucking patrol. And I know that if I go yeah. ahead and wake up in the morning and I take, <laughs> I take that left turn to the, to the seat in my living room, I'm there for an hour with my cup of coffee and scrolling through Instagram and thinking of some kind of fancy thing I need to post to it. Or... I need to go ahead, jump in the shower, get my shoes on and get myself ready to rock and roll and, and, and do those things. And I think again, having that feeling awareness of being able to be like, no, I can't go that way to go to the chair. Cause I know exactly where it leads me. But I know if I lead me this way to the gym for the morning, I knock out my mental mile. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. that's Absolutely. awesome. No, it, as you were and people can't see the hand gestures you were doing because it, it really like the analogy that I saw when you were 
talking and going through like the daydreaming pieces, like up of the ocean where the waters are really rough. All the treasure lies where it's calm at the bottom. How do we get down there? You slowly have to work your way down. Otherwise you get the bends, you run out of oxygen, you get just total stuff. And you gotta just take that time, just like you said, understand that process and slowly drift downward to find that treasure you're looking for. Because yeah, it might not be writing, it may not be content creating for YouTube or Instagram or whatever, but you got it in you. And if you don't think you are, you're lying to yourself. Yeah, yeah. I really like the ocean, uh, the yeah, ocean I'm, example. I'm having reading... that. Yeah, that's no smart. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I'm reading a book right now called Stalker by uh, author group called Lars Kepler. They're they're an international uh, bestseller out of the UK. They're actually a pair couple. It's a it's a wife and husband that they oh, write really? under this anonymous. Wow. Yeah, it's fucking That's wild, cool. dude. I'm doing. A, I'm listening. I'm listening to yeah. a, a podcast <laughs> by them on how they actually write together and how they do that. But uh, one of the actors, or one of the actors, one of the characters in the book right now, his name is Eric, and he's a psychologist, and he runs hypnosis on clients so he's helping out looking for this murder and he actually explained they did a really good job of detailing it out in the book explaining what he feels when he actually goes into hypnosis with his clients and it was a submerge of being wow. underwater and actually like it's like him holding his breath and free diving and slowly dropping deeper and deeper and everything just becomes super calm as he's like moving down with his client and noticing how relaxed yeah. his client's getting so they can get to the very depths of of the ocean to start working through whatever it is they're looking for. So when you said that, that's automatically what I came to because that's ultimately what it is, is like we're literally just trying to kind of find that relaxed like hmm. Like, and when I say hmm, yeah. it means like the, right, not right. the hippie aspect. Yeah, but where you, like the energy just kind of in the autumns in your body just kind of finally disconnect and let your body be one for a little bit. That's where that magic happens. And I don't think we reach it enough. No, absolutely. I, I, I'm deliberate about it during the day, right? I'll take the first 20 minutes after I like rehydrate and get some light, right? Not from my screen, but going outside is I go into some meditation, right? And it's not, I'm not saying anything. I'm not listening to any, because I've tried a bunch of different ways. What works well for me is closing my eyes and going for 20 minutes, right? And that's a lot of time. Yeah. You don't need 20 minutes. Maybe you need five minutes, but just having that time to just let everything, whatever's in there kind of flush out, be white, right? As we keep going back to that white space, you just see what happens, right? I'm also yeah. curious from a standpoint, totally unrelated. How do you, how do you both listen? To, do you listen to books, read books? What do you guys use it? I'm a big reader, man. I like to grab my book by my hand and read gotcha. it in front of me. Okay. Um, I probably would read more books and listen to more books if I was a big fan of audio stuff. I'm just in a deep writing, like creativity phase right now where I'm trying to understand better structure for like nonfiction books. So like reading the mm. book and being able to notice the details and everything else like that for me has been my way of learning. Yeah. So like, I'm not just reading for fun right now. I'm reading to learn and understand the the thought process in which how they structured and put everything together. Right, structure like and the, again, sorry. The, how that white space is used on the page, like yeah, how paragraphs are formed. That's all. That's that's fascinating. Yeah, like that's the reason why I'm like going back to like these seven, eight year old podcasts that people are in, like just looking up and just trying to like learn more, dude. Yeah. But it's it's helped so much in terms of like how we develop things for Softlead, how we go ahead and like my writing, my programming now is completely different than what it was. Of four years ago. If you saw how I wrote programming four years right. ago to the way I wrote it now, they're completely different. And I write it from a very structured, story-based um, approach yeah. to what it allows for me to flow and it gives me this idea. 
Um, so it's really cool to hear that, you know, you talk about your idea of mindfulness and that 20 minutes gives you that. My question for you is this, when you, when we go ahead and look at mindfulness, are you looking at the thought or the space between the thought? I'm looking at both and neither at the same time. And I know that's like the super obvious answer to give, um, because it's just kind of like, I let things kind of come to my brain, whatever they may be. And I don't try to push them out. I just kind of let them exist and like play around. Um, and then before you know it, sometimes you're just 20 minutes can go by like in a snap it's over. And you're like, wait, I've been here already for 20 minutes. You know, it's five o'clock in the morning. All right. Did I fall asleep? No, you didn't fall asleep. You you were just there and like you allowed yourself, you just, you just were in a good state where you could just kind of go down to the ocean and sit. Right. Um, so it's, it's a little bit of both. And like I said, it's neither, it's just really having time to start off the day where life isn't at the top of the ocean in those waves, things are crashing. You're starting at the bottom, knowing what's down there. And then throughout the day, like I think of, I have never gotten a good thought, not, not a good thought, but I've never gotten like this, like massive creative thought when I've meditated, but there's ripple effects later on in the day, right? Like I'm, I'm fairly confident that's how the podcast started and other things the night before journal kind of started because people were asking like, Hey, how do you, how do you balance all this stuff? And I was like, well, I don't know. I've never really kind of looked at it. So I had to like, it was just, it's, it was in my brain and I kind of just let it sit and became digestible and let it run its course. Sorry, Matt, how do you listen to, what, what do you do for books? Um, so I, I read quite a bit at the moment, mostly, yeah. I've got a stack of books that George has asked me to read that I'm, I'm working through. Um, previously, when, when we were back in the UK and I was still serving, um, I had about a four or five hour commute on a, on a Friday and a Sunday. So it yeah. was just kind of podcasts and, and audio books. Um, nice. But I, I kind of, I probably would do more of that if I made more time to like yeah. sit and listen. I, I find I can kind of, um, probably similar to what you're getting at, I can almost like subconsciously absorb a little bit more when I'm, I'm not reading kind of allows me to like think and process some of the stuff that's being said without having to like concentrate on those book words. Yeah. I can, I can, it gives me a bit more space. Um, how about you? What's your, I use, I use Libby, right. Um, it's a free app, not hashtag, not an ad. Um, and it uses library cards to check okay. books oh, in and cool. out. And, the DOD, if you haven't gone like gone to your local MWR library or whatever, is a treasure trove of books that people just don't use. They have every audio book, and like it's just incredible. It's a little bit different than audio Audible, where Audible one you have to pay, two you have you can get books instantly. Sometimes you have to wait, but there's just such a li- I have such a list that I collect from people. Like I got a list now. Thanks, George. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> We better, yeah, if George's book list isn't in those show notes, yeah. we're going to have to go back and just do a separate episode. <laughs> um, and I just go through it and the books check themselves out, whether they're eBooks or, you know, audio books, and then they cool. just return themselves after a while, after like 21 days. So I have 21 days to kind of go after and achieve this book. And it's just really interesting. You can kind of tag and categorize them and it's all free. What did you right? say like, the I, app? Was, how did you spell that? Libby, L-I-B-B-Y. Cool. Again, that'll be in the show notes. It's a little, it's like a purple and blue app. Um, and it's super easy to just go down the library. It took me five minutes. I I actually had to re go through the process recently because I got a new ID card. Um, so my account got closed, but it still was there. Just kind of, I just had to renew, put in the new DOD number or whatever. Um, 
and it's super easy and it's just it's crazy because you can listen to it on like, like your phone your tablet uh you can highlight make notes throughout the whole thing Sick. i just i just love it and then when i find a good book then i buy it and then i come back and then i and george i and i think you'll both appreciate this like going back to revisit notes in a book that you wrote is a wildly so. cool thing because yeah. you start to go into like how you like you said your programming now is so different than it was four years ago yeah so yeah i use i use livy uh cool, ma- massive fan i will have to check it out i mean like i said i i will listen to things and stuff like that while i'm on the computer but i just don't have like honestly man my time is so blocked oh, yeah. out to where it's just like i'd rather sit down and like grab the book and sit there and read and enjoy that for a little bit and then kind of do whatever else. But I do, like I said, like Matt said, I listen to audio stuff, you know, and it's like, listen to that creative yeah. podcast. So while I was doing work, certain things pop up and then it's all of a sudden, Oh, cool. I'm listening to that. But my subconscious is doing something else. And, and again, it's just teaching yourself to do multitask and be able to do those kinds of things, which have helped out so much more just in terms of like being able to get tasks complete and just doing them. Um, so yeah, no, man, I, I, the reason why I asked the idea of mindfulness and the reason why we kind of went down that path was just because of the fact that I've, I've been playing around with, with kind of looking at the middle space of thoughts. Yeah. So learning how to detach from the thought has been a really cool space to play around in as well, because it's opened the door. It's, yeah. It's opened the door to like these thoughts that are kind of out there that I really wouldn't really expect to see because I was too busy looking at the main thought that's getting ready to come through or anticipating the next one as if I am when I'm sitting there, um, meditating. So instead of being like, all right, cool. My goal is to detach from these thoughts and try and catch the transition between the two and what's happening between there. And it's, it's, it's interesting. It's different and it doesn't take forever. It, it's just, again, being super aware of like, okay, cool. I'm sitting here. I'm relaxed, but then there's my thought. Okay, cool. What's in between it and try and drift off in between it into that white space. I guess what it would be say is what it is. Is it slightly like lucid? Would you say? Yeah, I guess okay. you could say that, right? Like it's this idea of like daydreaming and elucid uh, uh, a state that I kind of put myself into. Um, I, I, where did I hear this? I heard this again. I fucking listened to some weird stuff when I'm doing stuff on my computer that like many years ago. But there was this, I forgot the name of the, the philosopher, but he talked about when he goes into meditations, he focuses on like detaching himself from the atoms in which his body is, is generating energy from. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I might yeah. stick with the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. wow. For, for like, the, so for he literally guys, says, like, yeah. Sorry, I was just, I was just going to ask. Like, for I, I appreciate that this. There's so much nuance to this, and you, and you can kind of literally dive into the energy that are coming off the atoms. For someone who's like <laughs> just getting started, and and like think that maybe meditation or mindfulness might be a really good space for them, but kind of again like struggling maybe with like well, where, where do i begin do i like do i pull a georgian <laughs> try and like analyze that energy like what's kind of a if if someone was going to start like adding a little bit of meditation or mindfulness in tomorrow like where would they where would they begin like what would you what would you guys advise them you go for it tony um close your eyes and do take put put a time on your phone three minutes five minutes and just close your eyes don't worry, like if you have to scratch your nose or like kind of get comfortable wherever you sit, just close your eyes and just do, right? We've talked about it throughout yeah. this, our entire conversation. It's just take a little bit of action. It doesn't need to be crazy, right? You're not trying to like 
set the world record for meditation in one day uh, when you first start off. No. You just want to, you just want to show up and kind of see where you're at, right? Like temperature check, see, see what, see how Straight you feel, up. what's going on, and just, just let it, let it rip. And then you know, wait, take away some notes afterwards and be like, how was that? Was it as bad as I thought I was going to be? Where I just kind of closed my eyes and I'm alone with my thoughts that are so super scary or like super wonderful. No, it's kind of like in the in the middle, right? Like it was okay. Yeah. But I, I wanted yeah. to find out more. So you just, again, show up the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. Yeah. It's, uh, I like that, dude. I actually said I've been doing meditation since I started, uh, started my career as a reconnaissance Marine, taking seals, uh, after I insert into a patrol, take a knee and conduct seals, smell, look, listen, and uh, mm-hmm. hear pretty much. Right. Um, but dude, honestly, like I didn't drop into, I didn't drop into this idea of meditation where I'm at today. Right, Matt? Like again, like when I first got into like breath work, mindfulness and meditation, I was living in a small studio that was a little bit bigger than my office. And I had a tub, a horse trough that had water in it. And I had a small bench outside in the outside. And that was my place where I found my meditation. Just go sit in the bath, sit in the hot, in the horse trough water super cold and I just focus on my breathing for five minutes or for two minutes. And that was my way of like actually getting into meditation because again, I just couldn't go and sit and do meditation. Like that just wasn't who I was in that moment. So I was like, well, I need to make this challenging. Let me go sit in a fucking ice bath or let me go sit in this trough that has cold water in it. And let me go ahead and have a reason why I need to focus on my thoughts and focus on my breathing. So again, that wasn't, that was a reason why, but over time it just kind of became a very simple thing. So it was like, okay, cool. I'm going to challenge myself to do two to three minutes per day, um, outside in the sun to where I just check in with myself. I check the temperature, I do a tactical pause before I transition to the next thing. And we've talked about on the podcast before, but I do like that idea of where it's just like, yeah, we're just doing in the conversation we've talked about. And that's kind of what I've noticed life is a lot about is like doing, and sometimes doing gets really fucking boring. Um, and you have to make adjustments to that to to kind of keep it interesting. Yeah. Does anyone go out of their way like when they're like five years old and be like, "Hey, I want to be in my twenties and drink coffee." No, but almost everybody drinks coffee. You know, everybody drinks coffee, right? So it's somehow worked its way in your life, right? Just like you can do with meditation. Get in the shower, take five to ten deep breaths today, whenever. You know, like it'll work in slowly, but as you start to work it in, if if it's something you enjoy, keep it. Right? You'll figure out a reason to make it a daily ritual in your life. Um, yeah. So yeah, like don't go out the gate and just be like, all right, I'm going to go become a Zen master by Thursday. Um, just let it happen. Take the time and you'll, you'll find the time. You keep your eyes open while you're driving or walking or taking a shower, five, 10 deep breaths, right? Nothing crazy, right? You're not holding your breath, but you can, like George said, you can work all that stuff in as you see fit because yeah. it, it's there for you to do. You just have yeah. to do. Yeah, Tony. Tony, you did, you said a really good point. This uh, it was earlier in the show as well, and and it was this idea. Man, my my mind went blank, and I'm trying to get back to it. I'll get there. It goes back to this idea of meditation, to where you, man, where did I want to go with that? I had it in my head, and I lost it because it was, damn it. Sorry, I'll come back to it later on down no, the road. No, you came off a good out. point. I start talking about coffee. It's, it, I own that. That's on me. No, 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 no. It's it's totally cool. And the reason why I'm bringing this point back is because of this idea. Oh, self-endorsement. Being able to self-endorse yourself while you're in your meditation. So like give yourself this acknowledgement of like, I'm doing this meditation. Self-endorse yourself being like, this is a positive for me, right? 
And then yeah. from there, being you said it perfectly, and that's going back to it now and got finally found it. You said when you created the podcast, right, that the creativity didn't come from the meditation, the creativity came from after the meditation. And I wanted to point that out, meaning that you self endorse yourself saying that like by me doing this specific thing, the outcome of that specific thing was this thing. Yep. And that's what I'm trying to get to here is this idea. And that's why I'm gonna bring it back is this idea of self endorsement, this idea of like sitting down and checking with your thoughts. It's not it's not the moment in which you're in it, it's going to be what the things come of it. And I think that's the idea like, again, Take a look, when you sat there for five minutes for the day, how did it make the next hour? How did it make the next two hours? How did it make the next three hours? And then next day, don't do that transition, don't do that check-in, and what did that next hour, those two hours look like? And it goes back to, again, cool, I'm self-endorsing myself, I'm creating my own proof of concept, knowing that, hey, if I do this check-in real quick, check my temperature, check my headspace, whatever else, it gives me these things down the road. And if I can consistent with it, again, it gives me these things down the road. So it's giving you something again to attach to, to associate with, to keep this connection moving forward. And that's where I want right. to it's get like what, that. It, it's yes, exactly. And why do we have recovery days in our training? Exactly for that reason. It, it, it is. That's, that's exactly right. So man, I, I don't know, man, I think this podcast has been, a blast. I know for me, it has been, there's been a lot of really interesting topics and hearing your perspective from, uh, from a psych, uh, psychological and psychology perspective in the idea of like how you view things, how you move forward and taking it from West point. Cause again, yeah, you are, you're a West point dude. Like, uh, yeah, I know. I, I fully own that. Right. Dude, and and I, but self-endorsement, right. That's a self-endorsement yeah, there. That's you self-endorsing. Yeah. I came from West point, but look at the framework and the structure in which it gave me to go ahead and do the things I'm doing today. And that's powerful, bro. So mad respect to you, homie. Thank you. Seriously. Uh, if I was wearing a hat, I'm tipping it to both of you guys. Cause this was <laughs> an all like all time. Great conversation. Matt, again, you talked way too much as usual per the episodes. Um, I don't know how you work that out in the future. You'll figure it out. I'm kidding. Matt, like, seriously, I feel bad. I was talking too much. Hey, um, I think that's, that's kind of a, a, what I would think is a standard of good podcast. People don't want to listen to me and George. They want, they want <laughs> info from the guests, I think. So no, we, we and really I give, your inside. I give enough two to three minute segments to where we balance it out. Perfect, brother. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but again, dude, um, so where can everyone get a hold of you? What, what, you know, if they want to go ahead and check your podcast out, look at the night before journal, yeah. you know, and some of the, some of the other things you got going on, kind of plug that in for everyone and we'll put in the show notes. Yeah, as well. Absolutely. Thank you. First off again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, the Tony Nash is going to get you on whatever social platform you're on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, got your six pod is what it is across the same social media platforms. Every episode, drop, a new episode drops every Monday. Um, if you have a high performer that's active duty, if you think you're a high performer and you wanna be on the show, hit me up. Like I have, I, I love chatting with people. Like I want, I wanna find people that are out there that don't share their story enough because that means you have something that's unique uh, and we need to get out there in the world and share it with other people. That's fantastic, Fuck thank yeah. you. We'll make sure we get we get links to those. So guys, when you when you come to listen to this, scroll down to the show notes and it, it'll be there. Yeah, just like we talked about going into this episode, right? That we talked uh, for the Ergathlon. One of the biggest things I said when I this came out, and we did like a, I did an interview. 
I want people to absolutely just smash my time because I want people to do it better and more efficiently than I did. Cause I know what I did and how I went through it. And it, I, there's ways to do it better. Um, and maybe that's you like go and do it, right? Just go do. And yeah, let us know. I love that sentiment. I think, I think that that sums up so much from, from what we, from kind of the, the little time we've, we've spent chatting to you that, that kind of whole philosophy of like, wanting like actively wanting and encouraging people to do better than you i yeah i just i love that seems to really set up your your kind of approach to me so now thanks so much for your for your time tony really appreciate it thank you guys appreciate you thanks dude